Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, Mason. Thank you, Jessica and Joseph as well. Good morning, Life Church. My name is Nicholas, and I have the privilege, honor of serving here on staff as the worship and tech pastor. And I just want to give a quick shout out to all the people that make church happen every Sunday and throughout the week serving on tech and the worship team. You guys are doing an excellent job. Thank you so much. We have an amazing team. I'm also excited just to share with you guys this morning um, from, from Acts and what's on my heart. And uh, I'm really loving this series that we're currently in, The Spirit and the Mission of the Church. And I really believe that it's bringing clarity to who we are to be as the church of Jesus Christ. So I just keep encouraging you to lean in, to listen in, and just listen for what God has for you and for this church. Also quickly, it's my first time preaching here at Live Church, uh, other than the men's retreat, since my resignation back in 2019. And without going into much detail, I want to say how grateful I am to be part of a body of believers, this body of believers. And I'm grateful for the grace that's been shown to me and my family as we experience really a season of deep repentance, a season of deep healing. We've also been slowly restored back into ministry and given another opportunity to build his church together. I want to say thank you. I love the teams that I'm on, and I've been learning so much. So I said so thank you, Live Church. Are you glad to be in church today? Awesome. Awesome. Can we pray one more time for me, maybe for you? But before we dive in this morning, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing this morning. We love you. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to our hearts. We honor you in this place and say, have your way. Move in a powerful way, God. Do work on our hearts today, Lord. We calm our minds, our hearts. We focus our attention on you and on your word, Jesus. You're amazing. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, last summer, my wife and I, we moved back to Fergus Falls in the early part of June Really just sensing um, this is where God want us, wanted us to be, to be back into Fergus, to be, to be back at Life Church, really to help in any sort of way that we, we could. I had just come off, or my family had just come off an eight-month sabbatical, um, and what that means was like no working, no nothing, just waiting on God. We hit pause on everything. And so for eight months, um, took a deep dive into our hearts after some major transition and upheaval in our life, um, we just chose to wait on the Lord. We sought counsel. We followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And again, that led us back to Fergus Falls. Well, I didn't have a job lined up. We had no housing lined up. Pretty hard to buy a house without a job. And uh, so it led us back to my parents' house. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your journey, but here I was back in the home that I grew up in, and it was a surreal feeling. We ended up back at my parents' house, and thankfully they were down at the lake place, so we weren't too close, but I really appreciate their generosity. And uh, I was looking for work, and the Lord provided this job, and um, it was pretty cool because it was, I was able to tap into some previous carpentry experience I had, where I know just enough to be really, really dangerous. And so I got to be part of a barn remodel project. So the whole idea was we would take this old deteriorating barn, we restore what needed to be fixed, and we would turn it into a remodeled space that could ultimately be used for, 
for business. So we're taking something that was kind of housing some, some animals and just like pretty deteriorated and messy. And we would turn that into a business space. And so um, we sat down and the people that were in charge of this asked if we were interested. It sounded like a challenge, maybe a fun project to be a part of. And essentially the goal was to make this place livable again. So a couple other credible men of valor and some positive attitudes, we went after it. Uh, we were committed. So one of the first projects, and I have a picture, was to clean out the hayloft. Um, does anybody have experience in the room today of cleaning out haylofts or like baling hay or like any of the sort? Yeah. It was one of the dirtiest jobs of my life. Can you feel it now, like that scratchy, itchy down your back, in your ears, in your eyes, right? <laughs> we had to clean out the hayloft. And um, little did I know, there's two of us doing it, that there's some chickens that left some real prized possessions for us hidden in the straw. Old, rotten eggs. And when you had the pitchfork, you'd pop them and you'd hear this, you're like, no. The smell that would protrude from these eggs was like gag worthy. Like, you're just like, no. And so you're just like trying to be careful and just like pop, pop, pop. It just, the whole day, popping eggs. I was out of shape. I was tired. Um, it was messy. But then we had to look more closely and we, um, we needed to you know, make some repairs and stuff to the walls. So we started to look more closely and found out that these walls were no good. We thought maybe we could just throw some, some support in and kind of move along. But these walls were not good. They were too deteriorated. And they were not going to be able to hold the vision of this new building. And so, right, that's only a few more dollars. <laughs> a little bit more time. No big deal, right? But how are we going to replace the walls? A section at a time? I don't know. We've got to think. We've got to think. A lot of problem solving. Well, then, as we begin to look closer at the walls, we begin to take even a closer look at the foundation. It had its concerns, and this was an old foundation. They had, I mean, there was pieces of leaf spring and iron thrown in, big rocks. Like, um, it was done, like, back in the day. We were examining the foundation and uh, determined that, no, you know what? The wise thing to do would be to rip out this entire foundation and replace it. That's a big problem. How do we solve that problem? So what do we do with the roof? That was in pretty good shape, actually. Well, the leader of this whole project had a brilliant idea. Let's lift up the roof. Let's support it on 45-foot I-beams and cribbing. I have another couple pictures of that. There's the cribbing underneath, and there's us sliding in about 45-foot I-beams. I think there was like five total or so. From end to end, let's suspend this roof in midair for many months basically acting like, next picture, you can show the next slide, there's the, yeah, some more of the I-beams going through, <laughs> we had bottle jacks to lift this thing up, I promise you, OSHA approved, <clears throat> we can go to the next slide, it was basically like a kite on stilts is how we referred to it. And praise God, the weather was just beautiful, it was calm. We decided to suspend this roof in the air so that we could get to the foundation. Go to the next slide. So we begin to ha jackhammer, thank God for new technology, it wasn't all by hand. But we began to go at the foundation and it was deep. 
and it went down, and we had to pull layer after layer out so that we could get to digging new trenches. Next slide. Digging down, providing new space for the footings to be poured. And then the next one, I have a little quick video here of us pouring the foundation. You can show that. We had a cool pump truck come in. And just like that, in about 10 seconds or so, we were done. <laughs> it's an awesome experience. So after that, we poured new walls. Um, and then we built new walls up above. And then slowly, 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 we lowered this roof back down onto the new foundation, which was now able to support the weight of the building and really, truly be able to last for the next 100 years. Pulled out the I-beams, and then the next picture is where the project is currently at now. So I worked on that until about mid-September, and then a whole other crew of people came in and really have it almost now to completion. All in all, I learned a really important lesson on this project. Many times in life, it's of extreme importance that we dig deeper before we build higher. The foundation below ground is even more important than what we see above ground. And it's more important that we build our lives, church, whatever it is, business, Family, it's more important that we build sure with longevity in mind so that we can withstand the storms of life. That's wiser and that's better than patching something together quick just so that we can see results sooner. And this illustration is really what helps set up our text today that Mason read. So my first observation, let's dive in with this picture of this barn in mind. My first observation, who we are becoming on the inside both personally and collectively, is just as important as what we are building and doing on the outside. It's obvious, is it not? We live in a results-crazed world. We're all about performance, the bottom line, what are we achieving, what are we doing? It's all around us. And if we're not careful, this kind of mindset can really greatly influence the local church and it can greatly influence your Christian walk, results-based. And I believe fully, as we've been talking about in this series about God has a work for us to do, I fully believe. Scripture says God has a work prepared exactly for you to do, handcrafted for you to carry out. I believe with all my heart that is true. God has something for us to do. But it's never at the expense of who we are becoming. Sometimes I think we can become so busy doing building, going, and it's hard to stop. Why? Because sometimes I think all of the doing can kind of distract us from what's really going on underneath the surface. I'm not sure I really want to look. Let's just keep doing. Let's just look like we're doing good. Who wants to dig deeper? But church, this morning I want to present to you that it's really both. It's really both. And one can't be at the expense of the other. The work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives moves us to mission. Acts 1.8, you will receive power to be my witnesses. We've been talking a lot about this. And it empowers us to witness about this great gospel, the good news about Jesus all over the world. In a naturally, supernatural way. But it is also the work of the Holy Spirit that does a continual, transformative work in us. 
And the goal of this all is to mature us into the image of Jesus. So church, as we desire, as I desire to reach wider, to go higher, in the things of God, in this community, in this world, we have to also be willing to go deeper. So as we seek God to do a new thing through us, we have to be willing to examine what's underneath the surface and ask God to do a new thing in us. The same Holy Spirit that empowers us to do is the same Holy Spirit that is transforming who we are becoming. Mark 8.36 in the King James Version says, For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world, all this outside doing, going, achieving? Gains it all, but he loses his soul. And the message translation, it says this, Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. For what good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? Church, the fruit of the Spirit, it's just as important as the gifts of the Spirit operating in our life. Are you with me? Galatians 5, 22-26 says this. We're familiar, but I want to read it. It's a different translation. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces is love, joy, and peace. It is being patient, kind, and good. It's being faithful and gentle and having control of oneself. There is no law against things of that kind. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their sinful desires to his cross. They don't want these things anymore. Since we live by the Spirit, I like this, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become proud. Let us not make each other angry. Let us not what belong, want what belongs to others. So back to Acts. Mason read it earlier. If I'm honest, when he reads that portion of scripture, when I read, I've been meditating on this for like, I don't know, three, four weeks now, I'm just blown away at the picture of the early church. I read it and I think, wow, that seems too good to be true. It's amazing how they're living in community and fellowship with one another, the, the harmony, the devotion, the unity, the radical generosity, the miracles, the closeness, the worship. And what I love, too, is that we see the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit amongst them in signs and wonders, but we also see the fruit of the Spirit evident in who they are. We see flourishing, not just that 3,000 people came to know Jesus that day or were part of their fellowship, but also the depth and quality of their community. So let's read it again with this in mind. Acts 2, 42-47. The believers studied what the apostles taught. They shared their lives together. They ate and prayed together. Everyone was amazed at what God was doing. They were amazed when the apostles performed many wonders and signs. All the believers were together. They shared everything they had. They sold property and other things they owned. 
including their children. No, just kidding. Bad joke. They gave to, <laughs> they gave to anyone who needed something. Every day they met together in the temple courtyard. They ate meals together in their homes. Their hearts were glad and secure and sincere. They praised God. They were respected by all the people. Every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. Wow. So this morning what I want to do now is take that picture, that example of the early church, and what I want to do is to examine that with the fruit of the, and the power of the Spirit on three different levels today, this morning, okay? Three different levels. I kind of want to hold the picture of that to three different levels, and I want us to take a look this morning, and hopefully the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. The first level I want to compare this picture of the early church to is the capital C church, just the global church, all churches, Bible-believing, who claim Jesus is the only way. Let's examine this picture to where the church is at today in 2022. The church today studies what the apostles teach. They share their lives together. They eat and they pray together. Everyone is amazed at what God is doing. They're amazed at the, the miracles and the wonders being performed. They're together. They share everything they have. They even sell property and other things they own. They give to anyone who needs something. And every day they're meeting together in the temple courtyard. They are sharing meals together in their homes. Their hearts are glad and secure. They praise God. They're respected by all the people. And every day the Lord is adding to their group those who are being saved. It's an interesting comparison, isn't it? Now if we honestly look, we could... One of our responses could be just to point out the flaws and uh, capital C, just the church in general, be like, wow, we are so far off. And if we're honest about it, in the last couple of years, there have been some major, I mean, this is throughout church history, but even just recently, there have been some major church scandals. I mean, the, the church is in the news, maybe like never before in some respects. Like, there's just a lot going on in capital C church. Can you agree this morning with that? podcasts, books, blogs. I mean, it's everywhere. It doesn't seem like everything is just coming to the surface again. It's interesting observation. So this is going on. There has been a lot of shaking, and I don't think it's all bad. I think part of the shaking really reveals the strength of your foundation, right? There's been a lot of shaking in the Capital C Church in the past couple of years. And right now, it's kind of pointing to maybe the things that are, have not been built on Jesus. And I don't think that's all bad. Other foundations the church has been built on, could be building on, are being sh shooken. And some of these areas could be like, maybe the churches, have been, they're being built on people. Or maybe it's being built on politics. Maybe it's being built on power. And things like that of sorts are being shaken. And I just know that if the church is being built on Jesus, then it will stand the test of time. And maybe this shaking is a test of the foundation. Is it built on Jesus? 1 Corinthians 3, I love this passage of scripture. It says, God has given me the grace to lay a foundation as a wise builder. Now someone else is building on it. But each one should build carefully. No one can lay any other foundation than what has already been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Shaking is not always bad, for it reveals the foundation. But if I'm honest, if we compare all day, we could just kind of point out the flaws and like, yeah, the church is just messed up and just, we can kind of sit back and I don't really think this level of observation or comparison is really all that helpful. 
because we kind of sit back and just kind of point out all the errors. We can kind of talk all day till we're blue in the face and just argue and debate about everything that's wrong or right, or we don't really get anywhere. So what I want to do today is go down another level and do another comparison. So the second level to compare the early church to would be the local church, or your community of believers, or for many in this room or watching online, it would be Life Church. Life Church studies what the apostles teach. They share their lives together. They pray together. All of the things we see in the early church. And now this level of comparison gets a little bit more uncomfortable, right? It's a little bit closer to home. And there's no question as well that in the last couple of years, this church has been through deep shaking, massive transition. And it's revealing where our foundation is. We can also compare the fruit of the Spirit we see in the early church. And we can maybe see, are we seeing this kind of fruit, the fruit of the Spirit and the power and the gifts of the Spirit, are we seeing these present in our church today, in our local community? If you're watching online in your church today, is this what we are seeing happening? So maybe the question is, like Life Church, are we in step with the Holy Spirit? Are we seeing this fruit? Are we seeing this power present in our gatherings? But again, we could talk and point out all the flaws, all the things we're not doing and should be doing, and all the things that are bad or all the things that are good. We could just kind of talk all day. And again, I'm not sure this level of observation or comparison is really all that helpful. I hear a lot of times, maybe you do as well, I hear things like, man, the church really needs to get back to. Man, the church, yeah, we just really have gotten off. We, really, we just really need to get back to this. Let's, we see that example. Man, we just got to start doing this stuff again. And we're kind of waiting for someone else to do something. If you go, I'll go. <laughs> if you start, I'll start. We kind of can like pass off responsibility to the church. And really, like, we can kind of just point at leaders or, like, why aren't they, you know, do, why aren't they, they're not doing this, right? All these things, it just goes on and on and on. Pastors really can be the worst at this, too. And this challenges me. I can get up here, come on, church, we got to get back to sell everything you have and give it to me. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's bad. Heresy. We got to get back to the early church. We got to do So we just did this huge pep talk. We could, I can talk to them blue in the face. You're like, yeah, that sounds good. And we go home and cool. I think there's one more level, though, we got to go this morning. And this is where I think the rubber kind of begins to meet the road. I know it does in my life. The third level to compare the early church to is myself. Myself. Nicholas studies what the apostles taught. He shares his life with others. He eats and he prays with people. Every day he is amazed at what God is doing. He sees many signs and wonders happening. All the believers, he's with all the believers together. He shares everything he has. He sells property and other things he owns. If anyone else is in need, he helps them out. Every day he's meeting together, and I do do that because I do work in the church. So, <laughs> thank you, babe. He praises God. He's respected by all the people. And every day the Lord is adding to the group that he's a part of. And that's where I step back and say, whoa. I feel like we're getting somewhere. So we can point the finger at Capital C Church and nothing really changes. We can point the finger at the local church and talk and nothing really changes. 
or I can hold the mirror of God's word up to my own life. And maybe things begin to change. I need the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. I need to ask the question, where have I gotten off? In many ways. Psalms 139 says this. God, see what's in my heart. Know what is there. Test me. Know what I'm thinking. See if there's anything in my life that you don't like. Help me live in the way that is always right. Truly, a healthy church is comprised of healthy individuals. And it starts with me. My second observation from Acts is this. Recognize the season. Recognize the season. There's been major shaking on every level I've talked about today. Capital C Church, local church level, individual level. We have been through so much shaking in the past couple of years. Personally, collectively, I know you have too. We all have stories. And I believe God is working things together for good and he is doing a new thing in the heart of his followers. He's allowing things to shake for the foundations to be tested. And I want to encourage everyone today watching online, it's always a good time to examine your foundation, but there is such thing as an opportune time. There is such thing as an opportune time. If I go back to our building project, before we went further, before we started doing any sort of remodeling, we had to first get down to the foundation. It was the opportune time to address the foundation. And we did, and it was a wise decision. And in the life of this church, I say capital C church, I would say this church in our personal lives, now is a really optimum time to dig deep into your own heart and to allow the Holy Spirit to do something new in you, to allow the Holy Spirit to do something new in me. Just because health is happening around you doesn't mean it is happening in you. Just because health is happening around me does not mean it is happening in me. And I believe there is an invitation from the Holy Spirit that is calling us to go and to be. There's also an invitation from the Holy Spirit to go deeper into who we are becoming before we go higher. Church, we're, build, we're beginning to build new again. I'm excited. I've been in ministry a long time and, well, really in the church my whole life. And coming out of the shaking, it got rocky for a bit, did it not? <laughs> it's unsettling. But as things seem to kind of begin to like settle a little bit and we begin to get more of a footing, and God is birthing some new things and I'm truly beginning to see that there's hope for the church because I see individuals taking responsibility for their own walk. And they're taking the journey of healing in their own life. And if we all begin to start doing that, it starts with one and then it spreads to a couple and it spreads to a larger group. Pretty soon you have a church that's healthy. And pretty soon you begin to reach a community. We're beginning to build new again. Ministries are beginning to form. But we're also just at the early stages. We're at the, the foundational stage on many things. And it's really a good time to go deeper. So back in fall of 2020, I felt this invitation in my life to hit pause on everything I was doing, hit pause on everything that I had just jumped into, 
to hit pause in all ministry, everything, just to stop everything. I knew in my heart, my foundations, I wasn't okay. I could not keep building in the condition that I was in, for to ignore it would ultimately lead to a massive crash. I knew, like, I'm going to be the dude on the news if I just keep going. (laughs) This isn't going to end well. I felt God inviting me to stop, to look, to examine my life. There were signs of foundational things not being healthy, and to add more weight was ultimately going to crush me. But to stop meant to let go of everything. Everything you're building, and we're just, we're just going to stop? God, are you sure? <laughs> to go into a season of surgery. And this volunteer surgery, by the way. He doesn't force you to do anything. And let the Holy Spirit work on my heart. It took way longer, and it went way deeper than I ever thought. And it still is. There'd be like little sections, like, all right, God, we're good now, right? We address that. Let's move on. Let's keep building. Come on, let's go. I'm a good Christian. I'm all in. We're working for eternity. Let's go. And God's like, no, that's like this much of your foundation. Dude, there's so, there's so much more we got to address. Are you sure? Yes. All right, let's go. Deeper. Oh, my word. I thought we were good. We got to touch on that, God. I mean, it was everything. It was on a marriage level. It was on a financial level. It was on a spiritual level. It was on an identity level. It was even on a salvation level, Jesus Christ level. It was back down to square one. Oh, man. And to look, where have I gotten off? Painful, but the pain had purpose. And through this whole season, I had no idea what God was preparing for me next. It was just a simple, trust me from the Holy Spirit, and it was a simple, I trust you, God, back. God was doing a new thing, going deeper, so that what was going to be built next would not crush me. It is the kindness of God to go after what's underneath He does not want you to be crushed. God doesn't use you. He doesn't abuse you in that process. Like, who cares what's going on under here? Just keep going. I need you. Come on. He's not like that. He wants to do it with you, and he cares deeply. The Holy Spirit cares deeply what's going on inside of your heart. On a foundational level, what's going on underneath the surface? He wants to go deeper. So, church, I have some questions for you today as we get close to closing. I think the worship team can start making their way up. It will help me close. He wants to go deeper, and I want to say, what's holding you back? Or before we get into this new season, God is doing a new thing. But now is an opportune time, an optimum time to examine our personal foundations. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've served Jesus. That doesn't really matter to him. There's, there's moments in life where it's like everything falls and unravels and it's like the gift of God so that you can address the foundation. And then he begins to do a new thing. And the integrity of that foundation will be tested. Is there trauma? Is there pain in your life that hasn't been processed, that hasn't been healed up? Is there maybe something from your childhood Maybe shame or guilt was inserted at a young age by the evil one. Something happened to you. There's just been this lingering shame and guilt in your foundation, and you keep building, you keep going through life, and you keep adding marriage, and you add kids and business and church responsibilities, but there's this thing deep down that God is trying to get to this morning. The Holy Spirit is trying to get to this morning. He wants it healed up. 
He wants you whole. He wants your foundation strong. He's not looking for perfect people. This isn't a perfection thing. This is a being perfected thing. He cares about the integrity of your heart, the character of your life. Are you hurting inside? Do you need healing of sorts? Maybe you've been hurt deeply by the local church or somebody in the church. That is coming to the surface in massive waves in this season. If we don't acknowledge that, like our head is in the sand, like it's a real thing. People deeply wounded. And I wanna say if that's you, I am so sorry. On many levels I can relate. But I wanna say this with all kindness and compassion is that God's gonna use that. He's gonna turn that hurt you're going to be stopped. Pretty soon you say, God, why did this happen to me? You begin to go through the healing process and pretty soon it transforms into God. Now how are you going to use what has happened to me to birth a ministry out of my heart to help reach people who have maybe experienced the same thing? I love Joseph and Josika's testimony of their two examples. Now how God is using that, he's bringing that together in a marriage as missionaries to now go reach people because they have this empathy and this sort of perspective of shame and elitism and we don't excuse what happened to them or what they have struggled with but they've opened themselves up to the work of the Holy Spirit and he is going to use that as their message in a powerful way to minister to people and that can be your story as well are you afraid is there deep insecurity in your heart is there a secret that you have not told anyone is there something you need to let go of pride idolatry shame, guilt. What does the Holy Spirit bring into the surface in your life? What's going on beneath the surface? So when God began to bring things to my attention, the next step for me was repentance. To turn around, to repent my way back to peace, to confess, and then to ask for help in my healing journey. And quickly, I just want to submit this to you. We all need help in our journeys. We need to open ourselves up to other people. If it's counseling, if it's going through like Oaks of Righteousness coming up, Life Church 101, 201, 301, all of this is designed. We talk about what we do, our gifts for the Lord, but we also talk about the fruit of the Spirit in your life and the healing God wants to do in your heart. It's both. To open yourself up to these things, the Stephen ministry, all of this is designed to help bring healing, to be a holistic approach to ministry. And church, the greatest act of courage you or I could ever take is to say, I've gotten off and I need help. So in closing, we're going to pray. But I quickly want to share with you. A couple years ago, when I was in sabbatical seeking the Lord, someone shared with me this scripture. And I knew in that moment, I was like, this is for Life Church. And I've been holding on to this thing for two years, not knowing when it would be released. And I really feel like everything kind of just came together. The message series, the topic, just everything. The barn remodel, everything. It all came together, and here it is today. I believe I just have like a prophetic word to speak over Life Church and also just even local churches in general. After every, all the shaking we have been through, and maybe there's more to come, I do not know. But God's doing a new thing, and I just want to read this passage. So it's found in Isaiah 58, 9 through 12. The heading says, A full life in the emptiest of places. Here we go. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. 
if you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You use the old rubble. I love this. You, you, you will use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins. Rebuild and renovate. And this is the title of my message today. Make the community livable again. And church, it starts with me. It starts with you on an individual level, and together, we will make the community livable again. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that saved me for washing me clean. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your power that lives inside of us to go, but is also healing and transforming who we are becoming. And right now, Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to you in a real, authentic, and vulnerable way. We say, God, you have permission to go after the things underneath the surface. God, some have excused it away for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but you kind of still haven't gone past it. And maybe now is the time, maybe today's the day. Holy Spirit, I pray for courage, humility in this place to open ourselves up to you, the healer, the perfect surgeon, the creator of our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.